0: This, this, this is Straight tra- Straight Straight Out of Crumpton with your host Greg Crumpton.
1: All right, hello and welcome back to another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. I'm Tyler Kern and Greg Crumpton joins me today as he always does. Greg, it's always good to talk to you, man.
0: Well, it's always fun to talk to you too, Tyler. We we have uh just uh been having a blast with us, and we we are fortunate today to have have a, a returning guest. But nobody knows he's a returning guest,
1: so
0: <laughs> um, we'll get to explain that as we as we get going. So uh, we have uh, Mr. Jason Banks with us today. So I'll let Tyler, I'll I'll let you do the uh, official announcement because you've got all of his credentials in front of you, and I, I don't want to misspeak for such a uh, good friend and good businessman. So take it away, brother.
1: Absolutely. Well, we have Jason Banks, owner and CEO of Banks Electrical Contractors. And uh, Jason brings nearly 30 years of commercial experience in the electrical contracting industry. Smart guy, good friend of uh, Greg Crumpton, Jason Banks. Jason, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us, man.
2: Well, it's certainly my pleasure to be here.
0: You know, I I said in the uh, preamble there that this is a redo. And, uh, it's a redo because, uh, Jason, I think if I recall was our first ever victim, I mean, participant <laughs> of the
2: podcast, right.
0: And somehow through the magic of digitization, his whole story went to so we, we couldn't find it. We had a technical issue. And so we thought, you know what? Let's just redo it because now that, that I've had a little bit more experience and I haven't gotten any better sounding, but at least I know the, the deal. Um, and oddly enough, our freaking world is completely upside down versus
2: the January version of this which you guys didn't hear. So welcome back, Jason. Uh, like I say, it's my pleasure to be here and be able to participate for sure.
0: Well, it it, it is the uh, a new day. Um, everything that we were doing in january work-wise socially family we we don't do that stuff anymore uh, because of the COVID 19 issue but because we are a a podcast a a platform that focuses on how relationships and interact with work you know heck it it is kind of timely anyway but before we get there uh, Tell us a little bit about you and, and Banks Electrical and how that whole thing came about. And if I recall, there was some good familial relations in there that kind of steered you one way or the other. So, take us down a, a quick hop down memory lane if you, if you can.
2: <laughs> well, um, let's see here. Where, where to start? I, I guess um, I guess the one the, the place to start is sort of coming out of high school and, and going into the local community college and figure out which direction to go in. Um, my stepfather uh, was a um, HVAC guy. And uh, he's like, you know, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna be a shade tree mechanic, work on Volkswagens your whole life, mow grass, or are you gonna get a job in the trade? And I was like, oh, I don't know, well, how much does it pay? And you know, I can't remember the dollar amount now, but it was in the, you know, six, seven, eight $8 an hour range or whatever. I was like man that sounds pretty good you know let's try that out and uh he was a uh, he's hbac guy he said hey um i don't i don't think you ought to be on my you need to go be an electrician those electricians they got it made you know typical uh guys talking out in the field you know he says those electricians they got made you need to go work there so he uh helped a buddy of well, mine get a he job. He wasn't lying, after all. <laughs> That's right. Well, well wise, wise man. So uh, he kind of steered me in that direction, got me on, on the job site where he was working. And uh, you know, I, um, I was looking around, paying attention to what was going on with the other folks that were working around me. And, and I, I was uh, partnered with, uh, I was a green electrician's helper working with a, a 20-year guy. And he was studying for his electrical license at the time and um you know he'd been in the field for 20 years and he was really struggling with trying to figure out how to get that license what it was going to take to to do that and I, I watched him study and I was listening to him talk and I was like man if I'm going to if I want to stick this whole trade thing out I, I might want to go look at, try and try to get this license earlier than 20 years from now so I kind of got a, a a little bit of gumption behind me and decided to put some effort into it and within the first couple of years of, uh, of working in the trade, I, I wound up getting my license. And- um, Well, that, that
0: probably was super wise because <laughs> as, as a license holder myself, of uh, 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 mechanical, uh, God, I would hate to think it, it, 20 years into it, going back and trying to, to uh, sit oh. for the license due to the-
2: Oh, the, wow. The,
0: the, the, you know, you, you get yeah. it. So it sounds like you did it well, did it right.
2: You you know, you're just not accustomed to sitting in a class. You're certainly not accustomed to sitting down for an eight-hour test. Uh, And that's, you know, the fail rates are really high on those things because the folks that go to try to take these tests aren't, uh, they're not, you know, ready for that type of thing. Unfortunately, but, but anyway, I, I guess my point about all that is I kind of got a little aggressive at the front end, uh, about getting situated without really committing to the trade one way or the other early on, to be completely honest with you. Uh, it just, a, it was a job and something to do. And, and I figured as long as I'm doing this, I might as well do whatever the opportunities are for the best that I can do at it. Uh, and so I figured out what it is I want to do with my life. Right. <laughs> so, um, anyway uh fast forward a little bit I wound up getting uh, an unlimited electrical license in 2001 and when I did that I went ahead and set up a, a, a company and at that point my stepfather was doing residential HVAC equipment uh, you know work and uh, so I kind of partnered with him to be the electrical component to help support his disconnect reconnect and uh, that was all as a sideline thing outside of my normal job and everything I wasn't out there doing a whole lot of physical work on that I was just there Sort of supporting my, my my stepdad and and that went along for quite a few years without very much involvement from me um as i would call it dormant and he finally got out of the business but i kept my operation company license current and everything fast forward 18 years later <laughs> 2019 um, it came time for me to exercise my contingency plan and i said well I've been sitting on this license in this business all this time i might as well go see what it takes to make this thing a a full-time uh career on my end so that's kind of what happened this past year i'm a, i'm a year into it now and uh and it seems like it's going pretty well
0: well that's a, a heck of a, a story you you don't hear many that go that route you know mm-hmm. most people <clears throat> excuse me wind up kind of doing things because they have to you know, they, they either have a situation that arises at their current job or they get fed up or whatever. But uh, having that in your back pocket surely proved,
2: uh, proved well, to be wise for sure. I, so, I joke about it when I tell people because, you know, when I when I fill out a credit app or pre-qualification, I, I've, you know, I've got uh, at this point, I've got 19 years in business. Uh, but I'm still very much operating like a startup company. So I joke about that. i you know, 19-year-old startup company at this point. So, uh, well, but, you're, you're uh, probably not alone in that. There's probably <laughs>
0: probably some more lurking. But so you're a year into it. Um, yeah, I, I see. You know, around the we we both live in the same city, Charlotte, North Carolina. So you you see here and feel different stuff. And I understand there's a good vibe about your company out there, and that, that's always fun. What what uh, other factors, I guess, were impactful for you being able to get up and running rather quickly after the 18-year hiatus. You know, what, what brought that? Um, and and I'm leading you down the road to talk about your, your relationships and, and how uh, the friends and family package always seems to work out well
2: in the early days. Well, well Greg, it, it absolutely is relationships because over the course of time that I had been in the industry and in the Charlotte area, of course, I, I had built relationships with folks and, and I'll be completely honest about this. I did not recognize the value of relationships before this. Um, you know, I, I totally understand that, you know, you have a, a broad contact base, you know, people you've got, you, you interact with folks, it's pleasant, it's positive, all those types of things, but I did not recognize, um, how beneficial, it is to have positive relationships with folks uh, and I'm not even gonna say until you need them uh, that the point was is I, I tell you what I'll give you an example I would kind of go around as I was getting things started and, and catch up with people and say hey I'm, I'm doing this this is a story here's how things are going and I would get the I'll call it a little bit obligatory uh, hey let me know if you need anything uh, comment for folks and I'll and I'll with I'll me I'll Miss that because I always felt like you know that's sort of like asking somebody how they're doing when you talk when you meet them and you don't really listen to what they have to say, but uh, the the thing is is it it felt like um, I wouldn't ask for anything and then and then people would almost go out of their way and fall all over themselves to try to figure out something to do to help me and I'm like oh my goodness this is incredible I I I wasn't you know pulling any. Uh, punches or, or saying he might need to do anything for me. But man, people just kind of opened the doors, kicked the doors open and really kind of drug me through and helped me uh, even without even having to ask. Uh, and it's been just a remarkable experience. I can't, I can't tell you how, how much.
0: Well, that, that's really, it's uh, good to hear and, and great to hear. I remember 20, 20 plus years ago when we started our company um, you know, I, I think that we had some of that same feeling and, and, you know, I was, I was, uh, quite blown away at some of the opportunities that people said, you know, you took care of us before we trust that you will take care of us again. Let's go. And, uh, you know, we've had people on this podcast since your, your vanishing episode that, mm-hmm. uh, talked about those relationships that we, we, started as as business you know business friends and then over time you evolved into being genuinely friends because you start worrying about each other's problems or or you know trying to help each other's businesses and uh um, right they they just become part of your fabric your day-to-day deal so i love hearing that
2: yeah and that's that's where uh, like i say i i, I hate and in, in reflection on it i hate that i I undervalued that, uh, took it for granted, but I tell you what, I don't anymore. Uh, I definitely value all that a lot more than I did before. Before it just seemed like that was what you're supposed to do and how things were supposed to work. And then, then, you know, it just seems second second nature without any end goal in mind or anything like that. You know, I just, uh, I think that,
0: you know, when, when you, when you think about it, the, the trust factor always comes in there. And when you exchange trust and business gets done and, um, it's just that there's something about and I talk to my friends who are entrepreneurs business owners or whatever you want to call them all the above until you have had to figure out how to make payroll or how to buy that new truck or whatever uh, crisis hits a startup and they, they come sometimes fast and furious and sometimes they come at a more of a drip. But they're always mm-hmm. there. Something's always lurking around the corner for a startup. And it is there's a shared, you know, kindred spirit among entrepreneurs that and my, my quote is, you know, that I say until you've laid in the fetal position at two AM crying then probably haven't been through a real startup. Right. And, um, but once you do that, and, and I've talked to people that, you know, a good friend of mine, Sam, he's, he's near 70, and I've talked to people that are in their 20s going through the startup phase now versus Sam having been through many. Everybody agrees with that after you kind of lay it out. Like, yeah, you know, I never looked at it that way, but that is a common bond. And uh, those hardships are what make those relationships so much more meaningful because, you know, most of the time it's that work that comes through or that opportunity that you're presented with from a relationship that allows you to get over that hurdle. And so you got that purchase order so you could order that equipment so you could put your people to work so you could build an invoice and then collect. Right that whole cycle can't happen without somebody saying go so that's pretty cool i
2: love that that whole story that you've got well it's been very exciting i mean you know now we're heading into an economic uncertainty point and i i could kind of look ahead back uh, when i was starting all this stuff up and thinking you know the economy runs through cycles we're probably heading for some type of correction don't know what it's going to be uh, I, I could see all that a year ago, that uh, and my, my main goal was to figure out how to survive that and, and be able to, um, I'll call it, tackle out of it, because I, I really believe that will be the, uh, the, the trajectory coming out of all this stuff. I don't know how fast, but I do think it will be a uh, quick uh, springboard. Well,
0: I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the ticker on the bottom of the TV screen. The market's up right now. We're almost back to 24,000. And we're still going through all this craziness. So it's like, it's like the yin and the yang are all coming together. And we're going through the crisis. People are still passing away at an alarming rate. Uh, is there a second wave coming? All these factors and the, the economy's back to 24,000. And just for those who are paying attention at home, that is a landscaper behind me running the lawnmower, So I apologize for the timeliness of the uh, of the extra noise. And-
1: There's always something Tyler- on every episode. I think you've had uh, you've had pest control, you've had uh, people pouring concrete. You know, it it wouldn't be an episode of Straight Out of Crumpton with, uh, without something going on at the Crumpton House.
0: Hey, welcome, welcome to the work-from-home life. So I think <laughs> no doubt. we can all, all appreciate the, the weirdisms that come with that now. Oh, 100%. Sure. We, uh, so Jason, how how have you changed your your model, if you have, uh, over the last five months or, or three months or whatever we've been under house arrest for? How, how has your model changed and how how are you... You know, nurturing those relationships because they do require maintenance, as you know. Um, how are you keeping those those communications flowing? What what's your what's your new mo for the last little bit here? As I how's up how's that, how's that, how's that oh, looking for you?
2: I almost uh, I hate to admit this, but it, it not much changed uh, for me. Uh, there was enough work in the backlog and the queue that things kept going. And you know, as you know, in the construction industry, we're. Con- considered essential. So I, I didn't stop coming to work and the things I had going on kept coming and going. And, um, you know, I wouldn't say I, I've been, uh, I haven't seen a dramatic increase or decrease in, in things I've got going on. So uh, as from a business standpoint, um, I'd say business as usual, as much as everybody else has been so disruptive. But that's uh, that's kind of the case for me right now. Um, from a relationship standpoint, I've kind of adopted a couple of business philosophies. And one of the one of the things that I've got was um, I, I uh, used the three-letter acronym uh, CLD, which was uh, stood for coffee, lunch, uh, drinks, or dinner, depending on who you're talking to, and uh, and and that's all about social interaction. You know, I wanted to plan days around you know, c- catching up with somebody for coffee, getting somebody for lunch, and, and then you know, maybe a cocktail at the end of the day or what have you. But uh, that that was all about you know personal connections, and of course that type of thing is not happening right now. Right. Um, so, uh, so most of the things are happening on the phone or you know once they get in construction you're, you you do meet on a on a site or uh, things like that so well there's not much social things going on right now but uh, I don't know for, for so, so far it's not been too bad well that's great to hear I'm,
0: I'm glad that you've been strong through it and and you know the the backlog in, in our world is, is everything and uh, just hearing our companies around the, the country talk you know it, it's still remarkable when you think about the fact that, you know, and, and it's kind of like I said with the, with the stock market, all of this is going on yet all this is going on. And, uh, right. we, we too being in the essential services industries, plural, uh, whether it be pipe fitting, plumbing, air conditioning, what have you, um, it's just a different way of doing it, but we're still doing it. And, um, so it's, it's the, the, I, I, I mean, I know it's been said a, a million times, the new way to work or whatever, but you know, my, I was talking to my wife this morning and we were watching uh, the news early and uh, they were showing some of the stores reopening. And, you know, uh-huh. I said, Connie, I can't imagine now <clears throat> going into a store and standing close to people in line anymore because I'm the grocery shopper here and, uh-huh. you know, every, every, is one way and then you know you've got the floor marked out for your cash your your cashing out process I just can't imagine you know going back to what we were before because we've done it long enough now where new habits are forming so uh, or have formed so it's gonna be interesting you know to see uh, the the workplace uh, I, I think that that, that, you know, how do you have a toolbox meeting? You know, you got guys standing six feet apart now wearing a mask, having a toolbox talk. So we're adapting, um, but that's, that's what we have to do. And, you know, as far as the, the relational pieces, I think that, uh, I think video obviously is much better than it has ever been from a te- technical standpoint. So that's been a, a huge thing. And, in fact, Tyler and I were talking before you uh, got connected that we've got a big thing coming up uh, at, at Service Logic on Wednesday. Uh, I'm sorry, Friday this week, where we're doing this big virtual seminar uh, for right. some new new technology. So we probably would not have done that in this manner prior to now, but now it makes sense. So it's gonna be it's gonna be cool, and you know, I'm I'm excited to be able to to participate in what's next. I, I'm a inquisitive guy. Um, I'm not good at, at you know, just getting all down and out about anything because I, I want to keep keep us moving in the right way from a, you know, just from a human
2: side, but uh, it's going to be fun to watch and participate in. Stay, stay positive and have a positive outlook. We're going to come out of this thing and, and and do well, I'm sure of it.
0: Well, there's no doubt uh, we are going to come out of it. And uh, you know, the half full, half empty guys and, and gals are gonna have their say.
2: So we'll just have to keep digging <laughs> up. That's right. Well, don't pay attention to the half empty folks. Just just focus on the half full. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> so the rest.
0: Tyler, you've been super quiet. Um, I don't know whether that means you're doing email instead of listening, or, or are <laughs> you actually enamored by this conversation? Um, <laughs> But how how does that you know you, here Jason has a nineteen year old startup, <laughs> um, and he's he's making a go of it in a really good way. Yeah, in a time that's really weird. And you know, as our default younger guy, how does that hit you? How how does that sound? Was that like you expect his business? Would you expect it to be like it is, or do you find that an anomaly?
1: I think. I think it goes back to that reala- realization that that Jason had, where he realized how important relationships um, are in this in this industry, in this business, and you know, I, I think that I think that the companies that have been able to do well and to survive and to keep going during this time have been the companies that can adapt quickly, that can rely on the relationships that they've built to uh, withstand any kind of uh, downturns. And, and Jason mentioned that as well as, you know, sometimes it's just going through those difficult times, um, you know, help show you the value of those relationships and what you can, what you can achieve together. So I, what I'm, what I'm curious about from Jason's perspective is, is just how, once you had that realization of the importance of relationships, how did that change your behavior and how you went about maybe fostering those relationships and building them in the first place, kind of after you had that, that realization, what, what changed for you in a, in a practical sense? Like if there's a younger person listening to this and saying, you know, I've never really taken relationship building and I've kind of taken all of that for granted so far in my, in my career. You know, if it's someone in their 20s, it's, you know, pretty fresh out of college or something like that. Um, you know, wh- what practical <clears throat> changes did you make when you realized the importance of relationships and, and what practical changes would you recommend somebody else make? if they have you know maybe taken relationships for granted so far in their career
2: I, I tell you what i i can just speak for myself a little bit here and say i i, I don't recognize that i have done anything significantly different uh what what i have done is uh, uh had an actualization or uh appreciation uh internally you know uh humbling i guess uh is, is probably another thing that's happened to me internally and 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 just like i say i, I wouldn't I wouldn't have gone out of my way to really talk about it one way or the other previously, but I, I would now, uh, by all means, and, uh, be able to tell people, you know, thank you wholeheartedly. You know, uh, I, I don't, I don't know if I have a whole lot more to add to it than that. I don't have like a secret sauce or anything else. I, I think I was genuinely doing some of the right things by default and that's probably just ingrained in DNA or personality or whatever. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, and, and didn't even recognize it <laughs> to be honest yeah. with you. You know, I got, I mentioned uh, business philosophies and everything else like that. There's a, there's a phrase that I really like, and I wish I could think of a way to polish it up so it doesn't sound so backwards, but uh, it's that phrase that says you, you, you um, say what you do and do what you say, but uh, I, I can't uh, emphasize how important that is because it's so basic and fundamental uh, that's not being done, especially in the service industries and construction, People by default just uh, immediately discount anything that they hear as not going to happen or not true and distrustful. And mm. if you can create an atmosphere once again through relationships that, that means you're going to follow up, you're going to show up when you said you're going to show up, you're going to return a phone call when you get a phone call, very basic stuff that's no brainer to think about. People don't do it. They don't. It's not even expected. Honestly, it's almost expected that you're not going to do it. <laughs> so when you do it, it's almost exceptional. It, it seems so basic, really, to me.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's so true, Jason. And, and being, you know, in, in, the, in the trades like you are, I, I think that gives you the ability to stand out. And um, just having that communication is, is key and then keeping the, the commitment to communicate I had a call early this morning with a with a fellow uh in Atlanta, Georgia, who is a friend and a coworker, and he is working to build a, an in-house program at his company uh, to recognize and promote the next generation of leadership within their skilled trades people, and they do right. plumbing, air conditioning, pipe fitting, uh, and, and sheet metal work, and You know we we were having this conversation and i've had it with several people over my life um, because i'm always trying to figure out how to help recruit educate retain people into the industries uh, into the skilled worker industries and you know you can teach a a young person how to do math and lay out a, a conduit run or understand how to bend conduit for you know, making a certain offset, what have you. You can explain science and air conditioning and, and gravity and, and plumbing. You can explain all that science part, but the psycho, uh, psychological and, the, and the, the approach that that skilled worker has to take has to go well beyond, you know, work boots and jeans. It, it has to go to the, the soft skills of being able to communicate with your customer uh, with your client, with your tenant, whomever you're serving, because that, too, gives you and or your company the ability to stand out in the crowd. If You're charging somebody 150 bucks an hour to work on X. They expect good communication. They expect proper etiquette. And, and we don't train that very well in technical schools. We train the science part. So right. I think that by working on those soft skills, you, you establish that relationship, you exchange trust quicker because people, you may be the best damn electrician in town, but if you can't explain the issue and how you're going to resolve it, you don't build trust as quickly. So I think right. all of that all of that overarches the whole relational and, and the trust piece is, is that presentation at the point of contact with the client.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you can have good business ethics and do all the right things and check all the boxes, but if, if people can't believe what you said, then it, it doesn't have any value. Yeah, and, and even further
0: being able to say it, you know, taking that <laughs> time because if you've got uh, one of your, your crew that are trying to talk to your customer and they're looking at their, you know, their shoelaces instead of looking at that customer in the eye and communicating, then you're not representing the best of your relationship. You're representing, okay, well, Jason will handle this part. I don't have to, and that's flawed. You've got to build that throughout the organizations. I think always have worked hard to build that soft skills part of our craftspeople.
2: Well, finding people and then finding the right people is, is definitely the, the key. I mean, there's certainly a, a labor shortage out there uh, from a uh, skilled trade standpoint. And, uh, you know, just getting people with the skills is one thing. But like you said, if you can find the diamond in the rough that has the skills and can uh, be a, a good player and communicator and and and, and, and do some of these, basic business philosophies. that you, boy, I tell you what, you've got your, a shooting star. Figure well, they're out, out there.
0: <clears throat> they are. I mean, if you think about the people you know that are, you know, trans people by training that have become successful business owners or, or mentors or coaches or whatever, they're out there. They just, just got to figure out how to polish them and, and help get them to where they know they can go because most of the times people are standing on a six foot ladder saying to themselves, I know I could do more. We right. just have to make sure that we build a bridge for them to cross and, and come and, and get what they want from an education uh, standpoint. So, well, you know, maybe, maybe on our next, uh, go around, maybe it'll be try three, the version two, uh, we can talk more, more skilled trades uh because recruiting uh and attracting recruiting retaining helping guide all those uh adjectives around our our skilled workers are important so maybe we do that on the next go around
2: i'd really like to do that because there's a group uh a coalition for careers in construction here in charlotte that I've, i've tried to help uh uh, develop and it's it's all about uh, helping getting awareness of uh, the opportunities and skilled trades. so let's definitely make that a, a, a next time topic for sure. well I, I I would love to do that and
0: Tyler, I know we're coming up on our hard stop time. Um, Jason, it's been a blast. I really appreciate you taking time and telling us how you how you uh, have kind of navigated. The early waters of your first 18 years of a startup, and then the last year, and especially the last few months, as, as you know, unique as they are, uh, love to see you out there still, still making hay while you can, man. It's, it's really uh, it's great to see. So, thank you for joining us.
2: Absolutely, Greg. Wanna... talk to you.
0: So, as well. well, absolutely. Tyler, you want to do your uh, magical wrap up?
1: I will do the magical wrap up. Well, like Greg said, uh, as always, uh, it was great to get to hear from Jason and learn a little bit more about his experience. <laughs> Um, and, and how he's built uh, to where he is today and so Jason thank you again uh, it was an absolute pleasure uh, and I look forward to uh, to further conversations with Jason Banks in the future uh, but that will come at a later time at a later date which is why you should make sure that uh, you subscribe uh, you visit the Straight of Crumpton blog to make sure you stay up to date with all of the uh, the latest episodes of Straight Out of Crumpton and uh, make sure you get those future episodes as well so just go ahead and bookmark that page listen to the episode and then get future episodes as well like I mentioned we'll be back soon with more episodes, but until then, for Greg Crumpton and Jason Banks, I'm Tyler Kern. We'll talk to you soon.